Welcome in to the Tabby Keg Daily Podcast. It is September 22nd. Hope everybody's doing well. This is our Friday show. It is the Wisconsin Sports Betting Preview. We're going to go over Packer Saints. We're going to also go over Badgers Boilermakers, which is tonight, not Saturday. Then we will go over the football lines as for both college and pro. Just stuff that catches my eye. I will be scrolling. It is a loaded college football day. Uh, and we'll talk about that. And then we'll read some headlines. Uh, we'll kind of go through all of the Wisconsin sports headlines. Uh, this is something that I'm trying. Uh, we're test driving this. It's a Friday. Let's have some fun. I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Before we get going, make sure that you are following us on the socials. Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. Uh, we also are on Facebook at that same name. Uh, if you're not subscribed to podcasts, we are on Apple, we're on Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast, we're here. We, we might have some new listeners into the program. I was on the Keeping It Real Who That podcast uh, talking about the Packer Saints matchup uh, with my guy Bernie Bango as well. Uh, and it was about an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes. We took some calls from Saints fans. They were asking us questions about the Packers. It was awesome. I had a great time doing it. Uh, make sure you check it out. I will try to link it out. I'm waiting for it to go on YouTube so I can promote his YouTube channel, uh, but I've not seen it yet. I did see it on Twitter. Uh, so if that's the only spot it is, I will uh, link that out this morning so you guys can check that out and uh, enjoy me on a, a live stream. I actually really liked it. I got my brain going. I have enough shit that we do already, but I was like, man, that's kind of cool. So if you are new, if you're joining us from that, uh, make sure that you are uh, you're subscribed to the pod. Uh, we're everywhere, and if we're not, just let me know. And if you already are subscribed, drop it in the group chat. I will be giving out pretty good betting advice here. If I don't say so myself, uh, we'll let the record say what it is. I'm not going to get too cocky because once you get too cocky, that is when they knock you down to earth. So we are going to keep on the straight and narrow and talk about the Packer Saints betting line. It is a low spread yet again. Third straight week for the Green Bay Packers, and the spread is basically even. Uh, Green Bay comes in as a minus one favorite. Uh, the money line is 118, uh, and the over-under is 42.5. Let's start with the spread slash money line. The Packers are a slight favorite, but they are not giving them the full 2.5 points. It used to be 3 for a home team. It's now 2.5 per Warren Sharp. So they are they are getting a little less respect. Uh, they are kind of leveraging the Saints being a team that I think a lot of people liked. Originally, the Packers opened up as, I think, slight underdogs. And that line flipped after Monday night. After seeing the Saints sort of struggle against the Carolina Panthers, the line flipped on itself. I think that this is a great opportunity to buy on the Green Bay Packers. I've talked about this matchup a lot, uh, whether it was with the guys on the podcast today or last night, as well as with Mitch. And the more I think about this game, the more I do like the Packers. The veteran leadership of the New Orleans Saints scares me. I think the Saints are as veteran-laden of a team that the Packers have faced all season. But I think it all comes down to Derek Carr not being able to handle the pass rush. And the, the frustration that I could hear Saints fans having with the offensive line. The offensive line for the New Orleans Saints is similar 
to our defense in the sense that they have a ton of young guys. They or not not only do they have a ton of young guys, they have a ton of talented young guys. The draft in the first round, draft in the second round. Whether it was Cesar Ruiz, whether it's Ryan Ramchak, uh, Stevens Point stand up, and yet they are struggling still. They are not doing well. Trevor Penning, it's only his fourth start overall at left tackle, and he can run block, but he can't really pass block, which spells bad news for when you're facing Rashawn Gary, who I expect to get more snaps. I think the Packer defense is going to make Derek Carr's life an absolute living hell. I do not think that this is going to be a good experience for Derek Carr. Derek Carr has struggled when he gets under pressure. Green Bay Packers have 61 pressures this season, on which is tied for the most in the NFL. On average, NFL teams have 36 pressures, average 36 pressures overall. That's that's the average, right? It's pretty damn good. That shows you how good the Packers have been in terms of rushing the quarterback. They might struggle in terms of their run defense, but they can really get after it. And they can force Derek Carr into some bad decisions. And I think even though they have all those veterans defensively, I think the Packers are going to get multiple opportunities at short fields and give themselves an opportunity to win. I think that this is going to be a game that bodes really well for the Green Bay Packers. I I actually am weirdly confident in this game, almost more than the Bears. And you're like, well, that's crazy. The Saints could win the NFC South and the Saints could be a team that is going to be around the playoff hunt. They might be, but I just think that this is a good matchup for what the Packers want to do. And the fact that Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams are not going to play in this game bodes even better for Green Bay because where they struggle is defending the run. They have to defend the run against Taysom Hill and Troy Jones Jr. If you can't stop the run against Taysom Hill and Troy Jones Jr., then Joe Barry needs to be on the next bus wherever Joe Barry's home is. That that Joe Barry cannot come back from that. And I, I realize I'm being overdramatic because, of course, he would coach on Thursday, but it would be a colossal issue if Green Bay can't stop the run against that group, right? They should be able to. They should be able to slow them down. Now, will Taysom Hill maybe break loose on a play? Sure, that could happen. But it should not happen on a frequent basis. And I really think that the Packers are going to benefit from Derek Carr having to make plays. I think that is going to work out to their advantage. I will also say, offensively, I'm a little nervous about just the way the Saints play defense. Marshawn Lattimore has been playing great according to to Saints fans. Uh, Saints fans, I can't believe how much they like Dennis Allen. I've never really been a Dennis Allen fan, and I could not believe how much they like Dennis Allen. They think he's a wizard defensively. And I was like, all right, I'm like, I respect that, right? I, I you know, I so I'm not gonna not gonna pee in or yuck your yum, I think's the, the term. Like, if you love Dennis Allen, like go ahead and do it. Uh, I'm just not a not a huge fan. And maybe it's more the coat like his in-game stuff. Like I think Malfar has a massive edge there. Uh, defensively, I do worry that Jordan Love will face the best defense he's faced this so far, and then he might struggle. And the pressure of Lambeau worries me a little bit. And if he makes a mistake early on, that could mean the Packers have to come back. Uh, when we have not seen the Packers having to come from behind. They have been out in front the entire, really the entire two games. I know at the very end of the Atlanta game, they had to come back, but that, that was unique circumstances. 
So yeah, I'm going to lay the minus 118. I'm going to take the money line, not the one, just in case it falls, right? Why do that? Uh, I think the odds are a little worse, but that's that's still good at minus 118. Uh, I think that's a worthy lay. I do not see it as a quote-unquote hammer play or anything like that. Uh, last time the Packers and Saints played, I was convinced the Packers were going to come into Jacksonville and absolutely demolish that Saints team, and they lost 35-3. Uh, or I think it ended up being third five, whatever it was. I uh, that was not a, a good Sunday for everyone. Uh, I I was so confident in that and learned learned a lesson that day. Um, we're not going to make that same lesson. I think the Packers. There's a path they lose, and it's Jordan Love struggles against this defense. Lattimore, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, all these dudes are are too much for Jordan Love, and he struggles in this game, and the Packers lose. The over-under, so I the Packers have been scoring a lot of points, right? Uh, they've been scoring a ton of points, you know, early on. I told you guys last week, I felt like their, under, their over-unders have been getting disrespected. Vegas bumps it up two and a half points for the Saints team. And now I, I'm wondering if it's too hot. I, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to count this as a stay-away bet. So this will be on the records because we'll have stay-away advice. And if I'm wrong, uh, I, then I'm wrong. But I would lean under. I feel like that would be my lean. So, but I, w- I would stay away. And so what I'm telling you to stay away, it's actually more spreads than it is over-unders. I should, I should have clarified that because these spreads, you know, it's, it's there. It's more the, the over-unders that where, so you can't really say like, oh, I'd stay away because it, it's all on the eye of the beholder. Uh, and really the stay away on the spreads is like you don't, you don't want to see, you don't bet against your team. Like over-unders, you're not really betting against your team. So, I, but I am going to advise that you do not, you not touch that game I, I th- or touch that spread, the over-under. I think like the fact that it's 42 and a half is kind of nice, right? Because you could buy that hook, you know, which would make it minus 120 or minus 125. And then it's at 43. And, and even if it hits at 42, which is six touchdowns, you can... You or three, yeah, six touchdowns. You can essentially be all right. And then I think you also ask yourself: Is can these teams muster six touchdowns? Uh, the Saints have played two unders so far. The Packers have played two overs. To me, that's another very good sign of taking just not taking this one off. I would lean under. I think if I had to pick, like if you guys forced me to make a pick, I would say take the under, buy it up to forty three, and that's what I would do. I, this could be, and I, I there'll be better teases. But if you wanted to do something where you tease the Packers, I don't like teasing through the number. Some people do. You could tease the Packers up to plus five, I believe. Yeah, plus five. Or it would be plus four. It might be plus four. Let's see, one. Yeah, I would have to look. But basically, you could tease the Packers so they could lose by three, and the over-under would be 48. That'd be 48 and a half. That'd be pretty good. That'd be a pretty good number to have. Like I, I don't, I don't hate that as like an idea if you're trying to trying to do something a little bit different. I'm not, I'm not opposed, I'm not opposed to that move. I, I think you could, you could get away with something like that. So I, I would keep an eye on it. But yeah, I feel good about this one for the Packers, and I feel good about the minus one. Stay away from that 42 and a half. You could fuck around with a little bit of a tease action if you want to do kind of like a same game tease and you're not as confident in the Packers. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's what we'll go with to start and we'll, we'll see how we end up. Uh, anytime touchdown rankings, we did this last week. Uh, these are courtesy of Bet Online. 
Uh, my number one would be Luke Musgrave at plus 250. Uh, Marcus May is out with a, a suspension. They're free safety. So they're going to start a rookie free safety out of Minnesota. Now, I, I like what Minnesota does defensively. Like They are a good defense. They breed NFL guys. But still, it's his first start at Lambeau Field. I would take a shot immediately. And I don't know about Christian Watson. Christian Watson would be an interesting first touchdown uh, scored candidate. Or if you wanted to go anytime, I think it's plus 190. But we don't know the health. And I don't know if they're going to say, all right, go on a deep ball to Christian Watson to start the game. Now, they didn't throw a deep ball to Romeo Dobbs on a flea flicker. Maybe they try that. So maybe there's some Dobbs action. But I could see an up to seam Luke Musgrave. Uh, and yeah, plus 250. I think it's a good one. Uh, Musgrave has not caught a touchdown yet this season. Um, and I wonder if they scheme it up for him as a potential opportunity, understanding that they're a little light in when it comes to safeties. Aaron Jones is still plus 150. Uh, this was the advice last week. Uh, and you'll get, I believe you'll get your money back if you bet this early. So you could bet Aaron Jones today at, one, at plus 150, which is incredible value. And then understand that if he doesn't play, you get your money back. If he does play, uh, that's you're you're sitting on a pretty good investment of like a ten dollars to win fifteen. Like that's that's pretty good for Aaron Jones. When it's usually even money or even in the minus, where it's like minus one ten for Aaron Jones to score. So yeah, Aaron Jones plus one fifty. You probably have to grab it today though if you're if you're going to do it. Dontrevian Wicks at six hundred. He's a little bit of a deep threat as well. So you you that free safety angle. The fact that he you know seemed pretty comfortable out there last week. I thought is another encouraging sign. The fact that it's six to one is crazy to me. I feel like that's a little disrespectful to what Wicks did. Um, and then Romeo Dobbs at plus two twenty caught two touchdowns. I think he's Jordan Love's red zone target. I I don't know if you're going to get Dobbs at plus two hundred for most of the season. I think that's something early that you'll see. So yeah, Dobbs at plus two twenty. I also do like Jaden Reed at plus two eighty. I, I feel like that's crazy high for the the game Reed had last week um so those are the anytime touchdown rankings that I like uh, but yeah I I think it's a day to bet the Packers uh, feel good about it uh and I and I know that I know that it's one that you know might be a little scary I I don't know if I'm underestimating the Saints there there is like a part of me that's wondering if I'm I'm underestimating them a touch um but we'll see we'll, we'll have to see on Sunday uh, we at Lambeau Field should add that. Um, so if you guys are up there, let me know. Uh, let's grab a beer. Let's hang out. Um, would, would love to do that. Moving on to the Wisconsin Badgers. The Badgers actually play tonight. So if you're listening to this over the weekend, skip this part. We do have timestamps. So that's always there for you. The Badgers are a five-point favorite. Uh, the over-under is 54 and a half. Uh, the record this year, we are two and one, basically betting unders. We bet three unders on the batters so far. And stay away advice is also two and one. And remember, that's just the spread. We said we did nothing to do with the Buffalo spread. That was the right call. Buffalo covered. We said we wanted nothing to do with the Washington State game. They, again, Washington State covered, actually won outright. And then I said I didn't want anything to do with the Georgia Southern line. I thought the Georgia Southern line didn't make any sense. And then Georgia Southern looked like, and it looked like I was right. I was like, wow, I am a fucking prophet. And then, um, actually, we're 3-0 on the under. What, what am I talking, right? No, the Buffalo one went over. That's right. Um, 
and I was like, wow, I am just, I'm your guru here. And then they gave up another touchdown and covered the spread. So for those who were backing the Badgers on Saturday, congrats. Um, and now you have the Badgers as a five-point favorite. And it, like I said, the over-under at 54. So it is a night game in West Lafayette. You have to think that everyone's going to be fired up for it. I think there is a little less juice because it happened last week and they got beat by 15. And if they had they won against Syracuse, had they got that victory, I think you'd have a ton of juice for this game. But you have them coming off a short week where they got ran all over. Uh, Garrett Trader, who knows why he carried the ball 25 times. I'm going to have to check in with our uh, Cuse resident, Shay Ken, on that. But he ran for 195 in that game. Uh, Syracuse absolutely pounded Purdue on the ground. And Garrett Trader had no problems in that, in that football game. And Purdue was in complete control. And with Purdue and Fresno State, they have given up 35 and 39 points in those two games. Now, Virginia Tech, they only gave up 17, won that football game, but Virginia Tech is awful. They might be one of the worst Power 5 teams running right now. Uh, they also forced, them being Syracuse, forced Hudson Carr to fumble the ball three, three times that he lost. It was four total. Their running back for Purdue also had three fumbles. He didn't fumble any of those those actual actual ones as lost fumbles, but that's really careless in the ball, especially when you're facing a Badgers team that forced six turnovers last week. And Hudson Carr also did th throw an interception, um, and they just can't run the football. They are uh, Devin McCoby is not a good running back, and he has really struggled to start the year. And one of the things the Badgers have done well is they've done a pretty solid job in containing the run. The pass has been the problem. And I don't think Hudson Carr is at the same level as Davis Brin. Uh, I don't see Hudson Carr lighting it up. You know, he's a transfer for a reason. Uh, he couldn't cut it at Texas, and now he's at Purdue. And nothing I've seen so far has been like, wow, this is a real problem for the Wisconsin Badgers. And it's something that the Badgers should be scared of. Another thing that I, I found, they're 125th in the country in tackling. That against the Badgers team that can run the football with Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi feels like a real big fucking problem. Feels like a real issue for, for the Badgers. Uh, I, I do not think that. Badgers are also 29th in finishing drives defensively. They get off the field. Uh, Purdue 101, so they do not actually you know move the ball. And the inverse, the Badgers are 14th in finishing drives, while Purdue is 126 in the country. So those are all problems for Purdue. Those are all issues for Purdue. Badgers' it, big issue is allowing big plays. Uh, they're 91st in havoc, but Purdue doesn't do anything when it comes to comes to havoc. So. That I, I like Wisconsin a lot in this game. This is probably the first time that I really like Wisconsin in a, in a football game this year. And I, yeah, I think it's one you one you might want to lay the hammer down. I, I really do think that the Badgers are going to win this game going away. Um, I know the hesitation. I know the worry. I think if the if this was the start of the season, I don't know what the look headline was in this game, but I bet it was closer to nine or ten. Um, and now it's down to five. And I, I think it's a great buyback opportunity for the Wisconsin Badgers. And I think there's gonna, the vibes are going to be very high with Wisconsin after this game. But I, I will caution that I don't think Purdue's very good, especially defensively. I mean, like we said, they gave up 35 to Syracuse. They gave up 39 
to Fresno. I'm going to take the under two, over two. Uh, I just think with the way how fast these two teams play, uh, Badgers, you know, both are playing at a top 50 pace right now. Um, and with what I just said about Purdue's defense, I will take the over. So I'll double up here and go over. Uh, 54 is a nice number uh, for Wisconsin. I don't feel like that's too high. Um, you know, they were getting in range of covering that. Not, not really in range. It was 49. So I guess they weren't even close to that 66 that they put out for Georgia Southern. But I could see this being a high-scoring football game uh, with the Badgers just at will against Purdue. Uh, the only thing that scares me about the minus five is the fact that Purdue has lost Wisconsin 16 times in a row. And they know that. And they've talked about that. Granted, you know, a lot of these guys weren't here for those 16 times. But those who have been there for a while, I think there's a sense of pride. But I do think you're catching Purdue at the perfect time. Like, I think Purdue in November might surprise somebody because Ryan Walters has figured out the guys that came in from the transfer portal. He's figured out his defense from Illinois, uh, which gave the Badgers fits last year, as, as you could recall. But this is not Illinois' defense. That's that's not walking through that door. It's not walking out of that tunnel or that creepy drum in, in Purdue. I, I think the Badgers take care of business here. I, I really like them. I, I just think it all lines up. I also think Tanner Mordecai should be able to have a pretty solid day. Um, he's had a rough start to the year. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if it's adjusting to what Phil Longo is trying to have him do. Um, this could be a get right game for Tanner Mordecai as well. So I think the Badgers go win going away. I would, wouldn't be surprised if they it's like a 45-21 game. I'd be really just, I think it would say a lot, honestly, if the Badgers lost this game. If the Badgers lost this game, I think that would be a major concern. This Purdue team is not good and Badgers should take care of business. And I think they'll cover. And I wouldn't be surprised if this line climbs. So it might be one you want to jump on. All right, let's do some observations with the rest of the college football as well as NFL slate. Let's start college football just because it is so loaded. Uh, just stuff that kind of catches my eye. Even though they're on the road, NC State on Friday night, eight and a half. Uh, someone tell me, uh, I, I can tell you, I was like, I was looking at this. I'm like, someone tell me how a Wisconsin, NC State, and Boise or Air Force parlay loses. All of them are on the road. They're four road favorites on a Friday night. At least two of those teams are losing. I, I don't know which ones they are, but at least two are losing. So maybe that feel, makes me feel less confident about my Badger uh, prostination that, that they're going to be that's going to be a great win for them. Also, sneaky good bar night tonight. Uh, you have the Badgers and Purdue at 6. And you know, I think the Brewers are playing at 540. Uh, uh, so that's perfect. You have Brewers, Badgers, maybe an opportunity for the Brewers to clinch the division. Like that, that is an ideal setup if you have the capability to do it and you're not cake baking like, like your boy. Like, you know, those Friday nights are not... Not, they don't hit the same, uh, shall we say. But that's you know another story for another time. Okay, back to the lines. Uh, I kind of like Rutgers plus 24 against Michigan. I don't know if I love it, but what has Michigan done to make themselves a 24-point favorite? Rutgers, though, can't pass the ball, though. That's a little concerning. Maybe more of an under. I'm not going to go through every game. Just stuff that catches my eye. Florida's down to a two-point favorite against Clemson. Very ratty. Um, I think that there's some belief that Clemson can kind of come from the ashes. I think either way, you're going to look. It's kind of that Nebraska-Colorado thing, right? 
if you take Florida State, you look like a square. If you take Clemson, you're like, well, I tried too hard to be a sharp, and then Florida State kicked the shit out of him. So I have no idea what you do with that one. Uh, I kind of like Cincinnati, plus 14 against Oklahoma. First Big 12 game for Cincinnati. I think there'll be a lot of pride there. Cincinnati in a classic look-ahead spot. Nothing, I will tell you, as someone who looks at these lines and stuff like that, no one's worse at missing look-ahead games than me. I had Cincinnati uh, in a few different things last last Saturday night and completely forgot they were playing Oklahoma the next week. Um, So that was on me. They lost Miami, Ohio outright see anything i mean I, there are obviously games a oh, marshall minus four and a half against virginia tech yeah like that um i like smu in the rivalry game against tcu uh i just think that game is always close i don't know if everything has been solved for tcu colorado oregon 21 the over under is 70 uh that i like oregon I I I don't I think I do. I, I I don't know if I'll end that way, but at right now I'm at Oregon. I've flip flopped on UCLA Utah. Six is too much for UCLA. UCLA is a good team. I think UCLA is getting a little disrespected. Utah is getting the bump because they're at home. Uh, I like I kind of like UCLA in that, and I kind of like Old Miss. I know it's like Charlie. Everybody likes Old Miss. Old Miss is going to be a very very popular underdog, but. Remember the St. Louis Cardinals? Everyone's like, oh, the St. Louis Cardinals, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. And they never figured it out. Why, why can't that be Alabama this year? I don't, I don't know. Just, just a little, little food for thought. Put that, put that in your ticular. I like Michigan State to bounce back against Maryland. Uh, Maryland, they've won games, but they've, they're, the cla- they're the team. Fuck around and find out. Um, and it has not gone well. I have no idea why BYU is a nine-and-a-half-point dog to Kansas uh, at Kansas. Makes no sense for me. I will be on the Cougs. I will tell you that much. Um, let's see here. Uh, Tennessee, minus 21 and a half. If you get that to 21, I think UTSA is just a shell of what they used to be. I really like Rice at South Florida. That's sicko. Uh, that is gross, but I'm telling you. Uh, and I kind of like FIU plus 10 against Liberty. FIU is a little bit wagony. Uh, trying to, I don't want to go through too many because that's, you guys are like, you don't need to hear me just analyze the board. I will say I like Notre Dame. I like Penn State. Those are the other big games that are on the slate. And actually, I think USC could cover the 34 and a half. And Washington, uh, Washington's so fucking good. I, I went against Washington and that was, that was such a mistake last week. Um, Washington, it, to me, has been the most impressive team. Like if you're doing, if I'm just doing the Charlie top 25 poll, tapping the keg, top 25, Washington's number one. Like Washington's so fucking good. Oh, even though Kansas State doesn't have their quarterback, I, Kansas State being a three and a half point favorite at home to UCF at, at, at night. Yeah, give me, give, me, give me the Wildcats even there. I, I think a trap, one to be really, really leery of is North Carolina, Pittsburgh. North Carolina is seven and a half headed to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's look terrible. They just scored six points in the backyard brawl. Um, everybody's going to put Carolina in a money line parlay or they'll tease it down to one and a half. Do not do that. You hear me? Do not do it. I, I don't, I don't want to see it. Um, please tell me you won't. Um, I, I definitely, definitely think that's one that is lurking from a trap perspective 
I'm trying to think if there's any other trap games. There, I mean, there's so many good football games on, you guys. Like, it is a day to just sit at home and do nothing and watch football. And that said, I'm going to probably be at a brewery at least for a little bit of the day. So there you have it. Sometimes that doesn't work. All right, let's do NFL quickly, and then we'll read the headlines, and then we'll ride out of here. NFL stuff. Titans plus three and a half at the Browns. I don't like anything I've seen from Deshaun Watson. You give me the Titans as a dog. I always like that scenario for the Titans. They always seem to respond well in that scenario. Uh, I know the Browns defense, you know, is similar to the Saints, maybe better. Uh, so that worries you with Ryan Tannehill. Even though they have all their injuries, I really like the Lions minus three against the Falcons. Uh, I think the Broncos are a sneaky team. Like everyone's going to put the Dolphins in their money line parlay. Everyone's going to hammer that Dolphin six and a half. That to me is a classic, you know, overreaction. Dolphins have came, played two straight games away from home. I, I like the Broncos there maybe maybe a little bit. Uh, I That Bills uh, commander's line stinks. Bills are six-point favorites on the road. I kind of like the commanders in that spot. I might even go money line there. Um, I love the Seahawks minus six with Andy Dalton. Uh, that's Give me that. Uh, I I like the Chiefs minus 12 and a half. The Bears thing is so fucking weird right now. Uh, and it just, all of it stinks. I It's Monday, so maybe we'll mention it Monday. But I, I do like Philly uh, plus Philly, or I'm sorry, Buccaneers plus the five. I, I think the Bucs are legit. Uh, I really like that Buccaneers team. Eagles, you know, a little banged up, not necessarily showing a ton. Todd Bowles against Jalen Hurts and sort of this new look Eagles offense. I, I do like the Eagles in that in that matchup as well. So yeah, I, I it's an interesting week two because I, I almost wonder if week or week three, excuse me. I almost wonder if week three is harder because see all these 0-2 teams are like they desperately need to win. And some of them will win, but some of them will lose. And you'll just be like, what? I I overdid it. The Broncos could be could be that classic example. Best of luck to all of you uh, to review. I am taking the Green Bay Packers uh, minus, no, I'm gonna do a money line, my 118. I am staying away from the over-under, which is 42 and a half. I lean under, but I'm not giving out leans. So we'll just say stay away. Badgers minus five or five and a half. It's it's climbing a little bit here, but I, I, I had it at five when I, I did my notes. So we're gonna get it at five. That one is a hammer. Uh, that that definitely is a is a hammer play here, and I'm taking the over as well uh, at 54 and a half. I cannot wait for that to crash a board. I actually also I always buy points, so 54. And I don't want to hear like how much money I waste buying points. I, I just don't don't want to hear it. It's losing on a half point is so fucking brutal, man. That it's just not worth anybody's time or effort. I am not not doing it. We're not doing it. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's that's what we have here, uh, and best of luck to you if you if you get involved. All right, we're doing a new segment because there's a lot going on, and I want to check out everything. I want to talk a little bit about everything. So we're gonna go through the headlines. I'm gonna try to keep myself to five to seven minutes on each topic, and then then go forward. So let's start with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers were awesome against the St. Louis Cardinals this week. At, this week, uh, winning three out of four. They absolutely dominated after the Adam Wainwright remembrance game. Uh, the Brewers had four run innings in all three games. 
Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals really didn't want to be there after the Wainwright start. It was pretty apparent. Uh, they poured it on in each of those games, winning eight to two, seven to three, and then six to nothing. Uh, Devin Williams did not have to pitch in any of those games. Kind of a bummer, birthday, Missouri kid. Uh, but still, uh, I would rather have Devin Williams rested. And the Brewers' offense continues to do that. Adam McCalvey had a stat that the Brewers have had. 11 four-run innings in the month of September. It's been incredible to watch. The Chicago Cubs fall apart, lose again to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and now the magic number sits at two. And with the Cubs having a day game, the Brewers have an opportunity to potentially win the division tomorrow. If not win the division tomorrow, win the division on Saturday. Uh, you have Corbin Burns on the mound on, on Friday against undecided currently for the Miami Marlins, who desperately need to keep winning. The Marlins have been a very good team at home. They're 44-34 and 34 at home. Uh, they swept the Braves last weekend, so nothing's given here. And the Marlins are fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, Burns did not face the Marlins uh, when they last came to town last weekend, so this will be their first look at Corbin Burns this season. Burns struggled in his last start against Washington, where it kind of went off the rails. We'll be curious to see if Contreras is catching him again. I think that will be the big headline of, of that game itself. Then on Saturday, the Brewers have a, I believe it's a 310, yeah. So middle of the day, when all the college football is going on, you have Brandon Woodruff against Jesus Lazardo. That was the matchup on Monday when Woodruff had the complete game shutout against the Marlins, and the Brewers were able to absolutely mangle Lazardo. Now, Lazardo is a different pitcher at home, so I, I will caution that. That, that is not a, a guarantee at all, um, and you should proceed with caution uh, there. He was really good in his, his start against Atlanta at home. So again, Atlanta. Now, I think he was staked out to a pretty big lead. I'd have to look at the box score. He won 16-2, but he six innings, four hits allowed, eight strikeouts, only two walks. I do also worry, as an aside, if the Brewers do end up clinching the division, they're going to get so fucking wasted in Miami. Like, the, they will probably just be hungover for two days. Like, they are just going to be at live and 11, and that's it. And DMing Alex Earl, which she gets a lot of mentions on this pod. I don't know why that's my go-to. It's like Alex Earl or Paige Sporanic. I should rotate you know, my attractive women that I, I bring in the podcast. But if you do not think my guy Sal Freelich isn't sleep, sliding into those DMs, you have another thing coming. I know that Sal's a girlfriend. So if Sal's girlfriend's listening, he's not actually sliding into those DMs. Don't worry. Yeah, Lazardo didn't necessarily wasn't necessarily staked to the lead until the third inning, where they they put up five runs in that inning, and then yeah, so Lazardo Lazardo cruising that, and we'll see. So I, I think that might be a different little result in terms of the home and away splits. Definitely worth noting. And then on Sunday, this will be our first or second conflict with the Brewers and Marlins. Actually, even more because this game gets going at twelve forty. Uh, Freddie Peralta against Ed Edward Edward Cabrera. Cabrera, you may remember, came into the game as a bulk pitcher and really struggled with his control. Um, and the Brewers have shown more patience. I would imagine they do the same. So I would obviously love for the Milwaukee Brewers to clinch. I would love for the Milwaukee Brewers to you know get this done and come home and finally get a day off. They haven't had a day off 
since I believe the 7th of November, or uh, it's November, September, and it's kind of on easy street the rest of the week. And I want to talk about that, like going in the playoffs, how much that matters. I kind of want to dig into that more. Probably something we'll do on Monday once hopefully the division is is wrapped up. And hopefully it should. Like the Cubs are running out of games to win. And it'll be very fascinating to watch the Cubs this weekend against Colorado Rockies, who are playing for absolutely nothing. The Rockies did take two out of three. They could could be spoiler, I guess. All the Rockies really have going for them is trying to avoid 100 losses, which they are four away from. So maybe that's that's their motivation. Uh, as for the other teams to keep in mind, the Giants are in LA. They're losing again tonight. The Giants have, or they, they lost tonight. The Giants are now under 500. The San Diego Padres, who are somehow back, that is the nightmare scenario, guys. Like that is, we can't have this. Like the Padres have won seven straight. They have a ton of talent. The Padres sneak into the fucking playoffs. That is an absolute like classic Brewers. And this has happened before, right? The Braves were the hottest team in baseball and the Braves Braves beat the Brewers and then they won the World Series. The Nationals got red hot at the very end, got themselves into the one game wild card, were able to beat the Brewers. Now, I will caveat on that one that the Brewers kind of fell apart late because Yelich gets hurt, he breaks his kneecap, the whole thing, right? 2008, I mean, that was a non-sequitur because the Dodgers were, the Dodgers, Brewers came into that red hot themselves. They were the red hot team. I'm trying to think if there was another example, but no, can't have the, we can't have the Padres, but they play the Cardinals and Cardinals are nothing to play for. Cardinals are, are booking trips to Cancun. So the Padres are, you know, kind of sitting a little bit in a catbird seat and the Marlins obviously playing the Brew Crew. And then who's the other one? Oh, the Reds. Uh, who have the Pirates, who just, you know, played spoiler for the Cubs. And so they'll see if they can do the same uh, for Cincinnati. Uh, we'll have to see. It's a very fascinating weekend uh, to keep your eye on keep your eye on the baseball. And it shouldn't be too hard. You, like I said, Friday, you got a nice bar night with with Brewers and Badgers. You could probably put a Brewer-Badger parlay together. Probably pay out. I will see who the Marlins send on the mound. Probably maybe a bulk guy. Uh, so you probably get Burns at minus 200. Badgers are probably right around that too. So you get, get pretty good odds for that. So yeah, Brewer Badger Parlay, I think is something you might want to consider uh, on Friday night. And then you on Saturday, you know, you just throw throw the Brewers on a, on a low screen uh, while you're watching Colorado, Oregon and the rest of the games. Uh, Sunday's tough, I'll bet. Like that to me is, it's always difficult with the Packers on because we only get 17 games of that. I mean, it drives my wife crazy when I say that, but it's like we only get 17. So there's only 17 of these games. Like you can miss a Brewer game here and there, but 17 is tough. Uh, but I, I, I hopefully the Brewers have clinched before Sunday. So Sunday is kind of a nothing game. I, if they've clinched before Sunday, the lineup that Craig Council is going to put out and it's the last day of what, like 17 straight games will be absolutely hilarious. I, I cannot wait to see that lineup for Craig Council. Did I violate my own rule and go over? Oh yeah, I went way over. That was nine minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Con uh, Kniffel, uh, the heralded recruit from Wisconsin Lutheran. If you guys are not in the college or high school basketball recruiting scene, Con Kniffel is a 6'6 senior uh, at Wisconsin Lutheran, the best player in Wisconsin, a potential McDonald's All-American. And he was choosing between Duke, Virginia, Marquette, Wisconsin, and I believe that was it. I don't maybe Alabama. I don't think Alabama maybe made the final, but Con Knipple's going to Duke. Uh, he is a Duke Blue Devil. 
Uh, he's committed there. Uh, Wisconsin and Marquette miss out. Uh, Tom Oates was like, I'm not doing my oops tweet, uh, which he does for Luke Fickle, because once once Duke gets involved, all bets are off. It's like, no, Tom, you're, like, you're best friends with Gary Gard, so shut the fuck up. Like, come on. Like, let's, let's be a little bit of transparency one time. You're like, I know you're a retired journalist and whatever, and yeah, you're a legend, according to the Big J's, but maybe, maybe just sit this one out for once. Or if you don't want to interject, you don't want people to come at your neck, maybe maybe just stop talking. Uh, just a thought. Uh, but anyways, am I crushed that he's not a Marquette Golden Eagle? Not really. Uh, I would love to have him. I, I mean, that would be great. Uh, you'd hold it over Badger fans' heads. You would you'd also get the enjoyment of watching a local kid, you know, play for the team. And I think there there is something special about that. You know, Marquette doesn't have a, a ton of examples. Dave Joplin's a great one, um, but that's the first one in a very long time. Uh, and I, well, West Matt, but West Matthews really in local because he was like Madison. But anyways, like it would have been a lot of fun uh, to have him, but I'm not crying over it because Shock Smart does a great job of recruiting. Uh, he's brought in good classes the last few years. I think Trey Norman is going to be a great contributor for Marquette, you know, day one. Uh, so I, I'm not exactly worried about Marquette not getting him. Uh, I actually think, and I know you're going to be like, well, Charlie, you're a Marquette fan. You're just saying this. This is a big blow to Wisconsin. All right. Like, Con Knipple definitely had posters of Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky in his room and definitely looked up to that 2015 batter team, right? So he's 18. He's probably, he was probably nine, right? God, that's fuck. Uh, but, anyways, that's like finding out. I found out on TikTok today that. Shake Your Tail Feather was the number one song uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. You're, we're all just fucking old, man. But anyways, as Khan's formative years of being a basketball player, like he watched Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky and that bat, Ben Bruss and those Badger teams get to, you know, two Final Fours, one National Championship game, and he chose the team that beat him in the National Championship game. And now maybe it was a dire dookie. Like, I, everybody chooses a side between Duke and North Carolina. Um, and you, even if you don't necessarily, you know, have any ties, you just are like, all right, I'm, I'm a fan of this. I, I went through a North Carolina phrase. I loved that uh, Antoine Jameson, Ed Coda, Vince Carter, Sham God Williams, uh, see here, Chris Lang, uh, name other guys, Jawad Williams. I, I could go, man, I might have to just go through it and think about all the different Carolina guys. I could probably think, oh, Joe Forte, I had a Joe Forte jersey. Um, that would have been one that I should have definitely copped and sold to the Retro Daddy because we could have made some bank on a, jo on a Joseph Forte jersey. Ah, I'm trying to think who else that was on that those Carolina teams that I really liked. But anyways, we all had a Carolina Duke phase. So maybe that was Knipple. But I, I just wonder if, you know, bad, are the Badgers ever going to get like a five-star guy ever again? Like, is that actually going to happen? I know the recruiting class next year is actually kind of good, but... Man, that's a it's a big blow. It's just it's all the things that people criticize Greg Gard for. And I think this is such a big year for Greg Gard. And we'll see if he's able to bring it home. We'll see if he's able to, you know, come through because at some point you gotta start asking some questions about it. it also Knibble has five brothers, so there's a chance that, you know, Marquette and Wisconsin might have a chance again, as Evan Floyd pointed out. Other headlines uh, that I wanted to read through. Let's see here. I think I had one more. Uh, yeah. Giannis rumors continue uh, to swirl. 
He had Brian Windhorst say that uh, it's a 50-50 chance that Giannis stays in Milwaukee. Uh, I asked uh, one of the friends of the pod, I won't name who it was, to renounce his friendship with Wendy. Um, he did not, um, which is frustrating to say the least. Uh, but yeah, Wendy, I, look, man, here's the thing. I, I, this isn't even a conspiracy. As somebody told me on Twitter, reassured me like, hey, man, this isn't even a conspiracy. Mike Boonholzer was really tied into the media and the media had Mike Boonholzer's back. Because the media and Mike Boonholzer were close, the Milwaukee Bucks were kind of treated with kid, kid gloves and there was kind of an admiration about the Bucks, admiration about Giannis. Mike Boonholzer leaves and all the knives come up because their buddy Bud is not there. They don't get stories. They don't have leaks. So they are just flying to the wall. Uh, I think it was, and it was my guy, Pelly again. Pelly's a great guy, uh, Steve Pelly on Twitter, who had a screenshot of a Windhorse talking about Giannis. And then right underneath it is Middleton not concerned about Giannis. And Middleton basically said, look, it's what he says every year. And what we've been telling you guys, like Middleton's like, nothing has changed. The last time there's this much smoke around the box, we won a championship. I just want everybody to know that. I just want everyone to be perfectly clear. We also made a significant deal right before the season started and got Drew Holiday. Donovan Mitchell all of a sudden is like, I'm not signing the extension in summer. Oh, that's interesting. Gave up a ton of picks for Donovan Mitchell. You have a GM who just got a DUI. Um, in- interesting stuff, right? Maybe need need to change it around. Drew Holiday and some picks, who knows? Uh, and to add to kind of wrap it up with that, it's just, I think you just got to block out the noise, man. I think we're at the point now where we have to block out that noise. Apparently the Bucks have some interest in Buddy Heald. I'm not that wild about Buddy Heald. Uh, he's big, kind of big contract. He shoots, but that's all he does. He doesn't create. And we've had so many of those guys that shoot and don't create and haven't really worked out. Now I know you system, I get it. But unless it's like Adrian Griffin really feels like he could unlock Buddy Heald, I, I don't really want anything part of that. Um, I, I appreciate the Bucks are poking around, but I have, I have nothing to do with Buddy Heald. All right, that does it for today's show. Um, yet again, I was hoping for a short show and it's 46 minutes or so. We'll be back tomorrow, or not tomorrow. We'll be back on Sunday into Monday. Uh, with Packer Saints reaction. I'm going to Lambo as mentioned, so probably not be early. Um, probably more of a later evening podcast for me. We'll do that. We'll talk Brewers. We'll talk Badgers and anything else that comes across the wire. Um, and yeah, next week will be weird because of the um, the Thursday night game. we got to figure that out. And then the week after is the wildcard round, which is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that makes things a little interesting as well. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't you worry. You know, God gives his toughest fights to his toughest soldiers, um, which is what I'm dealing with with the podcast schedule the next couple of weeks. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. We will talk to you on Monday. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.